Now streaming now, 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 now streaming now. Welcome to episode 147 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. This is our now streaming episode. We talk about stuff we've been watching, but first. Guys, want to bring their way's attention that Norman Reedus has been cast alongside Ana de Armas and Keanu Reeves in the John Wick spinoff Ballerina. Yes, and I'm pretty fired up for what? that. What does that mean that yes. Norman Reedus is going to be fighting undead zombies, or that he's going to be like super <laughs> Irish, like Boondock Saints? I think I don't that know. means John Wick got a crossbow in <laughs> spinoff series. I'm hopeful. I either way, I hope they give him a crossbow. I don't care who yeah, he's shooting yeah. it at. I don't think if you introduce zombies to the John Wick franchise, I don't think that would make me any more or any less fired up about the John Wick franchise. I think I'm already at a 10. So, like, I, just adding him, like, I'm down. As long as he gets a crossbow at some point, I'm for it. And then uh, I saw something recently that a movie or uh, a Netflix, it's not a show, it's an interactive game on Netflix called 12 Minutes, starring Daisy Ridley, James McAvoy, and Willem Dafoe is available now on Netflix Games, and it's an interactive thriller that follows a man trapped in a time loop. And I haven't seen or heard anything about this, but I know what I'm going to do after we record tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be figuring out what that's about. Uh, Because the interactive thing has got me intrigued on Netflix. I don't think we're all the way there with the technology yet. Um, There is a show coming out called, I think, Kaleidoscope. And it's like a... It's like a five-episode deal, but like based on the color you have to choose at the beginning determines the order in which you watch the series. Mm. And and but so it's like I, I don't really understand that or how that'll work. But apparently it's like the same story told from like five different points of view or points of time, I think. And depending on the color you pick, like you see it in a certain order. So I don't know. I think it's really cool that people are playing around with this idea of having the streaming stuff and the interactive stuff. And uh, different ways that you can go about it. I'm with you in the same boat of I, I'm excited for what that choose your own adventure can become. I think we're at that early stages where they're not it's not gonna be super impactful yeah. or super groundbreaking. There's gonna be a lot of hurdles they're gonna have to trip up over between now and then. But I, I would I'd be excited about being an early adopter of I mean kind of that Boulder Dash style. did this, right? The Black Mirror Boulder Dash. That's like yeah, kind of. And that was like the first foray that I was aware of Yeah, into this kind of choose-your-own-story. And then uh, Iron Man, The Little Mermaid, Carrie, Hairspray, and When Harry Met Sally were all among the new films added to the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. <laughs> and I agree with two of those, maybe. Hairspray? I don't know how Hairspray got on there. Yeah, I mean, wow. I like the song, but uh, like, I don't I get, think that movie's very good. And I get that, like, the show was great, but you don't need to add the movie on behalf of the... the oh, the Broadway Yeah, show. the Broadway show. Yeah. yeah, it's like... Yeah. Starring Zac Efron and James Marsden, I think, and it's hard for those two to put out a bad movie. I don't think the movie's bad. I just don't think it was very good. It just was fine. I think there's a difference, you it was, know? It was fine. Yeah. Does it need to be? Does it need to be saved for its historical relevance? I submit not. Um, Destry Allen Spielberg, who's the daughter of, you guessed it, Steven Spielberg, 
will make her feature directorial debut on Four Assassins and a Funeral, uh, coming out, I think, late 2023. Uh, the film is said to be a cross between The Kingsman meets Knives Out meets Succession. So I was all the way out on this <laughs> until I read the last line. And I was like, time out. That sounds like my perfect movie. So... Um, like all of those what, things. What part of, yeah, I, what part of Four Weddings and a Funeral fits into that? Because... It feels like know, it feels like that should be part of it too, <laughs> based on the name and yeah. no other information and and nothing else. Um, Christopher Nolan came out this week. Uh, he dropped his first trailer for Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. and he said that he's excited to uh, use the black and white versus color trick he used on Memento. He said, "I've always been looking for a reason to go back to that." The fact that he called it a trick makes me upset. Because I yeah. feel like it was an incredible piece of to- of storytelling and not a trick. Um, Gimmick. Yeah, which, uh, you know, that just hurt my feelings a whole lot by my favorite director. About my favorite movie. And then finally, the news I wanted to talk to you guys about all week is that The Rock went out of his way uh-huh. to welcome, uh, welcome Henry Cavill back as Superman. He fought for him to be in his cameo. He got a bunch of people fired at DC and Warner Brothers. To make his cameo happen. He was talking about it on the red carpet before the movie even came out. Made a whole big deal about it. Henry Cavill came out. Had this big old, so happy to be back as Superman. And everybody was like, oh, yes, great. And then two weeks later, mm-hmm. James Gunn fires him yeah. as Superman. Yeah. And says, I'm going to write a new Superman story. And this guy's not in it. So first off, I think this does open the door for the Lobo because it seems like they're going to uh, reboot <laughs> all of the main characters, yeah, which I'm yeah. actually kind of for at this point. I did love Henry Cavill's Superman, but um, it's okay. All good things must come to an end. Um, mm. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that whole Lobo thing will become a reality. But like the fact that Marvel's done what they've done is pretty incredible. The fact that DC cannot, for the life of them, like luck, it, like can't do anything right, like. Oh, hype up this huge movie with this huge cameo. The movie kind of bombs at the box office. Oh, hire James Gunn. Great, everything's good. Oh, we fire everybody's favorite superhero. It's like, God dang, guys. Can we not win for losing here? What did y'all think, though? Are y'all sad to see Henry Cavill go? It's one of those things where I didn't want to see my heroes grow up to be the villains. So, (laughs) you know, Henry Cavill had his time, and he did a really great job. And I think he's stepping down kind of in the heyday. I don't know how much better it was going to get. I'm excited to see what James Gunn does, and I and I respect the we're going to start over. Like that is one way to take your franchise and it to be like you know what Zack Snyder, you did your thing, but we are really hard resetting. I think that opens up a lot more doors for them, and so I understand it. It'd be weird if they just kept Henry Cavill and recasted everybody else. Sure, but you know what else would be weird if James Gunn fired Henry Cavill and everybody else, but kept his wife, whom he's cast in Peacemaker. And in the Suicide Squad, and she also showed up in Black Adam. It'd be weird if he recast everybody but her. So yeah. I would like, and his like movie look. that did actually better than all the other ones, the Suicide Squad remake. So I don't know what he's gonna do. I don't think he's gonna fire his wife. I, I will put a lot of money on that his wife will not be listen, recast. Listen, if any one of us were in his shoes, <laughs> sure, yeah, we would she's not want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm recasting that part. Yeah. I, I'm personally sad to see Henry Cavill, and I will say his name like that just to be oh my gosh. annoying. Uh, I, I am sad to see Henry. him go because I think that he has been a very great Superman. 
Yeah, better good. better than we deserved, honestly. Better than any of the other <laughs> I think you're right. trash that franchise was giving us. But better than those scripts deserved. Yes. Oh, oh, big time. Better than uh, Man of Steel. I'll tell you that. Hmm. Uh, but uh, I think it is interesting to see the power of James Gunn defeat the power of The Rock because for the last ten years it didn't <laughs> seem like anything was strong enough to defeat the power of The Rock. Um, I mean, what he wanted yeah. happened. I mean, he forced Vin Diesel out of his own series. <laughs> it was amazing. It's true. He took over Vin Diesel's family, and James Gunn was like, "Nah, I got you. I'm yeah. I'm bigger than you. Can you smell what the gun is cooking? Because it's not <laughs> wow. Henry Cavill." Oh, that's tough. Um, it, it was sad too because when he quit his role and he stepped down from his role in The Witcher. I think everybody's like, oh, great, it's because he's going to be Superman. And then he freaking yeah. gets fired from Superman. Yeah, and now yeah. now we're stuck with freaking Liam Hemsworth as the Witcher. This is the worst trade we've ever made as a society. <laughs> and, and like, I, Liam Hemsworth yeah. is fine, all right? There's not, I'd like, I don't want this to be like I'm against Liam Hemsworth. But, like, he's no Henry Cavill, all right? So, like, bring back like my Witcher. Hashtag, hashtag not my Witcher is going to be... <laughs> All over the place. Wow. <laughs> I think you're late to that party. Um, but don't shed a tear for Henry Cavill because it's already come out that he and Amazon are planning a Warhammer 40,000 series. Wow. Where he's wow. going to executive produce and star in. A lot of And sense. I'd like to ask you guys, who I think play more video games than me, what Love the Warhammer. heck is Warhammer? Okay. So take, you know Dungeons of Dragons. It's pretty nerdy, right? It's like full nerd. And you bite your tongue. Take that and then multiply it by like a ton of math. Instead of like (laughs) you make your one character and live in that world, you make your whole army and battle. It's kind of like Dungeons of Dragons meets Risk in a sci-fi setting. It's pretty crazy. There's a bunch of lore. There's you know, thousands of hours of content you can go into all these different species and how they their systems of government work. Oh wow. Uh, okay. And you make you make a bunch of miniatures and then you 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 battle it out. I could bring uh, on an expert if you want to do a Warhammer forty <laughs> I wasn't ready for that seventy seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, so sure he would be happy to to share his wisdom. <laughs> so are you excited about a TV series? I, I if unless Henri Cavill is a part of it, I wouldn't be. But since he is, I I'm full force. Like that's gonna be incredible. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm excited for it then. And that kind of wraps up my uh, week in the news of Hollywood, guys. I saw two new movies and an old movie. Huh. Uh, the old movie I watched, Prisoners, on Netflix, Ooh. starring oh, yeah. Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal, and you just uh, felt like you were Howard. having a bad day and just wanted to really like lean into the darkness of humanity. <laughs> I've seen that clip of Hugh Jackman like screaming at Paul Dano and breaking yeah. the sink. Uh-huh. I was like, "What movie is this?" And so I looked up and found it was on Netflix, and uh, I watched it. That's a pretty darn good movie. Yeah, I, I mean, so that's dark. a pretty good movie. Jake so Gyllenhaal's dark. great. Hugh Jackman's always good. Paul Dano. Can't get away from always being a creepy, creepy person. Yeah, he's just got to <laughs> be a creepy, creepy person. That's one of those movies where I felt like the director or writer was like, you know what's the worst feeling in the entire world? When you lose a kid? Let's make a movie about that, guys. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was watching it as a parent. I was like, 
Oh, God, I'm never letting my kid outside. No, <laughs> never. Never once. I've never been like a fan of like the the leash parent. Yeah, like, I think yeah. after watching that movie, like, oh, I might as well put her on a leash. Um, I also watched The Wonder on Netflix, which okay. is a Florence Pugh movie. Uh, is, I don't know how to describe it. I'm not, that wasn't really a thriller. It wasn't really a mystery even, but she plays like a nurse back in old times and has to hmm. figure out how a girl who doesn't eat survives. Um, oh, yeah. it's really weird. Um, Flo Pugh is great. I think she is a great actress. I don't know if she is good enough to make this movie like a good movie. It wasn't bad, mm. but also like, I don't really know what happened or, and I wasn't super entertained. Um, at any point in time of the movie. Um, mm. There's like weird fourth wall breaks and like a really weird opening and ending. And I don't really know what the point of it was, but not in the good way, like in the menu. Uh, and right. more in like the bad way. Like, I don't think you guys hit, whatever you were trying to do with this, I don't think you hit it. Um, right. So I would probably pass on the wonder, but Flo Pew does do a really good job. So, so when you first said um, that, I thought you were talking about the movie called Wonder. With Owen Wilson and Julia Roberts and their and their little boy who has like a little facial disorder and it's like a heartwarming story about and I was like oh like yeah that like really sweet movie called Wonder and you're like no it's this like really disgusting terrible movie with Florence Pugh and <laughs> and it's set in the olden times and no one knows it's going on I was like okay resetting my expectations uh... <laughs> and to be clear I didn't say it was bad I don't think it was bad um. I just uh, don't think it was good. It was the 25th best movie. No, that can't be right. Oh, I got to bump that down. It ended up being the 27th best movie whenever I fix my list um, of 2022. I can't believe I put that above the bubble in Violent Night, which leads me to Violent Night. I watched Violent Night this week. Let's talk about Um, it. What a great Christmas movie. It seems like on Violent Night that they spent... 95% 95% of their budget on getting David Harbour and John Leguizamo to be mm. in the movie. And then they were like, well, I mean, we did all the hard work. That was it. And then the rest of the movie just kind of plays out really terribly. Um, it wasn't... You, you both saw it, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. It wasn't ridiculous enough for me to, like, have fun, I don't think. Like, Santa didn't kill enough people in gruesome ways in this was movie it? for me to be like, yeah, man, you know? It, like, it was kind of like a weird, like, a middle ground between, like, a ridiculous movie and, like, a not ridiculous movie. Was it the guy who was thrown out a window onto an ice spike or the guy who was churned up through a chimney that <laughs> or the was guy not that was gruesome de- enough for you? Decapitated by an ice skate. Yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot about that one. No, okay. no Kyle, I'm with you. I actually, that's the reason I really liked the movie. The same thing you just talked about. I love that it went back and forth between being this outrageously cheesy action movie full of gory violence. It's like kind of self-aware of itself. And then would flip back to being a kid Christmas movie of a little girl who just wants to believe in Santa and then gets into like some hijinks throwing bowling balls off a trampoline. And then, like, the next scene is a guy getting a nail shoved through his skull. And you're oh like, my oh, God. no. Like, it, <laughs> the it, Home Alone it, stuff was amazing. Exactly. It was playing this, like, weird dichotomy of your heart wants this to be, like, a childish Christmas movie that's, like, the stakes are low and it's just kind of, like, mischief and hijinks. And then this, like, weird 
violent brain of our generation just wants us to be John Wick. And, and yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. And point. they were like, "We'll give you Deadpool meets Home Alone. Here it comes. <laughs> Here yeah. it comes." The way I went into it, I was worried because a lot of David Harbour's movies are like very winking at the camera, like, "Oh, did you see what we did there? We did the thing. Isn't that cool that we did the thing?" And like, that's fun at us for a little bit, but after a while, if you just always are winking at the camera, it looks like you're having a stroke, and it's just not as funny <laughs> after like the third wink. Uh, John, and, Johnny Legs was terrible in this no, movie. No, all the actors besides David Harbour were no. bad in this movie. He was, given, like, he was given an outrageous character, and he played him like Willem Dafoe in Boondock Saints. He just <laughs> rode it to the to the tenth degree. He turned it up to eleven. It feels like Spirited was given like a big major blockbuster movie budget, but was sent straight to streaming. And A Violent Night was given like straight to streaming budget but released in major theaters uh-huh. that's the vibe that i was getting from I was like this should have been released on hulu like this was not a good movie and i wanted I... it to be really good and fun and i didn't think it was very good and fun i loved every minute of it i thought they hit the tone perfectly i was really ready for this movie to not be good and was pleasantly surprised with how really well they hit that tone of campy like, I, I think a lot of times when you go for campiness, it doesn't come across true or, yeah. or like, inspired. Like, a lot of truly bad movies that were tried to be good movies come across, and they enjoy <laughs> watching those. Um, and I think this movie, depending on what mood you're in, can either be way too much, oh, you were trying way too hard to be camping, or I love how irreverent this movie was towards the Christmas stuff. But the fact that David Harbour is actually Santa Claus... Like the real Santa Claus, yeah. and they yeah. work in a reason for him to be fighting these super terrorists. Kind of. I don't know really, yeah. really what they. I... And then Cam Gigande being an actor who. Oh, that's uh, who that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was like, uh, I, I think at one point he says, "If I was on the airplane, nine eleven wouldn't have happened." The only thing like, that would have oh happened was a gosh. bunch of terrorists taking a skydive with no parachutes over the Potomac or something like that. <laughs> A direct quote from Mark Wahlberg. No way. Are you that's, serious? That's what Mark Wahlberg said. Amazing. That that's why they put not it in look the movie. Good. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that David Harbour basically just played his same character from Black Widow and then just put on a Santa suit. And yeah. it was it was great. Um, I loved how many times they zoomed in on somebody's face and delivered the cheesiest action line you could yeah, think of. Like, yeah. I'm gonna fill their stockings with coal, or you know something like that. <laughs> Santa's All of the lines coming to were town. So bad, it's like they didn't have enough money. No, to but pay that's like the thing. I think they did. To write I, the movie. I think they did it on purpose. I think they leaned into it yeah. to no, be like, we are intentionally so. making this cheesy and corny. And yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you talked about how like Home Alone is like Die Hard for kids. Yeah. This movie seemed like Home Alone for adults. Yes, I like agree. Messed up adults. I agree. Like, this is like degenerate adults. This movie was made for our generation that was raised on Home Alone and in love with Deadpool. This was this yeah. was the yeah. this was 100%. the formula that AI demands that we have. They were like, we know what you want. It's this, you freaks. Take this, and Johnny Legs will deliver the worst lines ever. And you're like, it is what I he wanted. Was terrible. Oh, oh my gosh. No, I think the, the best line me. of the movie was when Johnny Lakes goes, I don't care who does it, but I better be staring at some flat balls in about three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not I'm good. in. I'm in it's on this movie. Good. 
everything. This movie won me over when a drunken Santa Claus at the bar gives the most serious depiction of what a Santa Claus would be going through in this moment of like, nobody believes in Christmas. They just want gift cards and cash, cash and gift cards. And it's like, what does Christmas come to? And David Harbour reads that line so sincerely and seriously. And like the fact that he didn't do anything in that moment to be like, ha ha ha, isn't this funny? I felt like how straight he played that added to the rest of the movie and that's where I was won over in that performance and set me up to, you know, welcome everything this movie does absurdly. Violent I just night. feel like he could have reached into his bag and pulled out a machine gun or a <laughs> flamethrower at some point. And like, we would have had a lot believe. of fun. Violent Night strikes me as the type of movie that was written by uh, a writer that actually wrote another movie, spent 10 years pouring his heart and soul into it (laughs) and just got crushed for it. And they're like, why don't you just write a Christmas movie? And he was like, F you. All right. I will write a Christmas movie. (laughs) I'll I'll do it. And like, he's having an existential crisis about like, this is how I'm going to make money. This is what the world wants. So I'll just give it to him anyway, even though it's not what me as a writer and, you know, I, I, Everybody's lost the spirit of like what Hollywood is about, but here it is. Here's the movie you want anyway, and him battling with that. It's a beautiful story. That's funny. Uh, so that's all. Yeah, what a beautiful story. Uh, so that's all I've been watching. Drew with the you. What about you, man? Yeah, I mean that was the main one I was excited to talk about. The uh, well, other we should have planned this better. No, <laughs> that's it's on okay. Me. The other movie I wanted to talk about was an oldie, and uh, as well. On HBO Max, there is The Bridge on the River Kwai, or Over the River Kwai? I think it's On the River Kwai. Uh, starring Alec Guinness, which was the first Obi-Wan movie that I'd seen uh, outside, or the first movie I'd seen with Alec Guinness other than Star Wars. So mm-hmm. I was excited to get to go back and watch it. And it's a really good movie. I, I, I know I have a tendency to, to bring up super you know classic films, but this one is worth your time, even though it is over three hours long. So you do have to set away <laughs> some time away from it. Spit take three hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, boy. It's, a, it's an epic. It's a big movie. And they deal with a lot of things. But it, it's not like... Uh, I think a lot of three-hour movies, they just pad a bunch of time over stuff that doesn't matter. And this movie doesn't do that. They just have a big story to tell. And they tell it over three hours, which I really appreciate. And a lot of stuff happens. And they deal with some serious stuff. It's really cool to see the British Empire... Uh, in a POW camp, battle with the the Japanese uh, prison camp leaders, and kind of how those systems of like these these ancient traditions and cultures deal with wartime and uh, pride, and and how they decide to do things. It's really an interesting way to look at it as an outsider, because as an American, we don't really have either of those systems <laughs> set up. You know, we're not going to. Uh, ref- I don't know. I don't want to get too much into the plot, but it's a really good movie, and I think you, it's worth its time. There's a reason it won every single Oscar it was nominated for, I think, barring maybe one. It's got Alec Guinness, which I don't know if you've ever seen one of his movies, but you should. There's a reason he was Star the biggest Wars? paid star in Star Wars, like the only like known actor in Star Wars. Where can I watch such a beautiful movie? HBO Max. Okay. For freezies, if you have the subscription. <laughs> would recommend two thumbs way up that's all i have for it crawford what else have you been watching so i watched violent night obviously and i had a lot of thoughts about it uh, i also watched black adam 
So I'm glad that we talked about that too. Yeah. I, uh, I had a lot of thoughts about it as I texted Kyle. Uh, I like just live tweeted it basically to Kyle and God, this is not a good movie. Um, it's not, it's, it's just, it's just so not a good movie. Uh, and I, I regret that for them. I hate it for the DC universe. Um, but I think that it was just a bad movie that was still a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I wish that they had treated Dr. Fate's character better because he's so OP and they were just like, oh no, now he's just an old Pierce Brosnan who won't do anything. <laughs> um, none of it made sense. Just, I don't know. I the visuals for Dr. Fate were pretty cool. Though. Yeah. There were lots of cool things and there were lots of really fun parts. The story didn't make any sense. And the one sure. thing that yeah. I'll never, ever get over is how does the rock speak English? How? <laughs> He's been in that tomb Fair. for 5,000 years. <laughs> that's to be clear. That's the one plot hole you want to, <laughs> you want to touch on. Well, it's the immediate first one because <laughs> it's the biggest one that swallows every other pothole following it. They shouldn't be able to communicate anything. Maybe when you have the wisdom of Solomon, you just... You just know languages that don't exist? Yeah. Sure. Why not? All right. I couldn't get over space bike pirates. They... (laughs) The light bikes in that thing made no sense to me, and I was upset that they were in there. Uh, I have a rule in general that anytime in a movie somebody says, I'm your only option, or I'm your only (laughs) hope, or I'm the only one that can do this. It's like, well, that's probably not true. There has to be at least one other person. And this movie set those stakes up like five times. Uh, And that's just always really frustrating to me. So uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I also thought that they really did Zachary Levi's Shazam a disservice because these two people got Shazam powers and immediately knew how to be a bad with them. And Zachary sure, Levi yeah. spent an entire movie figuring out how to, like, not die. Fly. Yeah. <laughs> also, how quickly would Black Adam kill Shazam? Based on what you've seen so far. Instantly. Like, instantly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Instantly. Like, this would not even be a five-second battle. We would be done here pretty quick. Yeah. Um. So, in addition to those two movies, I watched two uh, new seasons of shows. I finally finished uh, Rick and Morty Season 6. And that was so fun. I mean, they did it again, guys. It was great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've seen it yet. Okay. Do they know I how to do this. It, it's it's yeah, been coming miss. out live uh, on just regular yeah, TV. I it. So if you have YouTube TV okay. or something like that, you can watch it. You can, uh, or if you have any kind of like video on demand, you can watch it. And I'm sure it'll come out on HBO Max probably in a month or two. Um, oh wow! But it was okay. it was very fun. They kept delivering. They had one episode specifically uh, about like being trapped in like the metaverse and yeah. being like outside of story and all of this stuff and just being like so aware of themselves and Morty keeps saying things like, "Who are you talking to? Like what audience?" And he's like, "That's good, Morty. Yeah, keep that up because don't let them know that you know." <laughs> and like things like that that you're just like, "Yes, I love how smart this show is, Dan Harmon." keep doing this and then uh, i also finished uh slow horses season one on apple tv uh this is a mi5 british 
spy show, uh, but it's about like the idiots of MI5 that get put in this. Basically, like they can't fire you, but they don't want you getting in the way, so they put you in this place called Slow House, and it's run by Gary Oldman, who's like this grizzled old spy who doesn't give a f about anybody and just drinks all morning and smokes and you know it's just like hey guys don't get in the way like just i you're so incompetent you're losers like and they end up getting involved in some kind of plot and they have to work their way out it's very fun it's very well done gary ullman's character i think is one of a kind um on screen right now and he does a great job with it and season two is currently coming out right now uh both seasons have come out this year so uh if you're if you have apple tv plus i highly recommend slow horses the first season's like six six episodes and uh i assume season two is going to be about the same they're about four episodes in Uh, but it's called slow horses on apple tv plus huh okay i've never heard of that yeah i'm excited i i think it's really really good it's easy to binge and this brings us into a lightning round of Crawford's Corner. Crawford's Corner. So, a couple things on Crawford's Corner. The new trailer for Fletch has come out. And I don't know that you guys have seen this or not. But it's going to be a new show. With John Hamm? Yeah, on, I think, Showtime or Stars. I don't know that they're still making... I didn't know that they were still on network, but they are. And <laughs> Fletch is going to be on it. And it's starring John Hamm. And it's following the same formula of everything else, revamping a funny 80s movie that we all loved and making it for a modern audience. Um, I think it'll be fun. I think John Hamm... That's the Chevy Chase movie, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And I think John Hamm will do great uh, as a sometimes serious, sometimes goofy, incredibly dry-humored Fletch. The trailer makes it look really funny. I, I think it'll be an endearing show. So I'm excited to see what happens with Fletch. Maybe it will not be like uh, the the Ghostbuster revamps. Maybe they won't ruin something that we loved. Anyway, uh, another <laughs> trailer was The Bad Batch Season 2. Uh, I don't know how long they can keep The Bad Batch going, because at some point they all have to die, right? I mean, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm along for the ride as long as we can go. Looks like there are going to be Kyle, some new cameos like- from Star Wars, uh, like Senator Ortega, maybe some Bosk. I think Bosk is going to be in there. Uh, there's also a Wookiee Jedi, so let's go. I'm about that. Kyle, you have a question? I'm so lost. I was so confused until you said Jedi. I was like, oh, this must be Star okay, Wars. Okay, so yeah, the Bad... I guess you said Wookiee, and that led me to... Sure. What is the Bad Batch? The Bad Batch is a show on Disney+, Plus. the following... Uh, Clone Wars, the the animated TV show, and this is following a a group of clone troopers that are called the Bad Batch. They are clones that had like some kind of malformation in them, and they have spun off into their own show, and now they're fighting the Empire. It's oh, so wow. good. Okay. It's so good. Is it? Yes, it's very okay. good. So do I have to finish Clone Wars? You should for context. Ugh. Okay. I feel like that's, you're asking a lot out of me. But anyway, back. back to my corner. Uh, <laughs> the Last of Us has released an official trailer, and oh, it looks yeah. so good. Pedro Pascal will yeah. never not deliver, so I'm very excited for The Last of Us. Um, there's also The Pale Blue Eye. Have you guys seen this? Oh, is that Christian Bale? Yes, this is a Netflix movie uh, with a really yeah. big cast. Like a lot of yeah. people that you mm. just keep looking at and going, oh, that guy. 
oh, that guy. Um, yeah. It's a really big cast, starring Christian Bale, obviously. It's like an 1800s, dark, creepy murder mystery, kind of Sherlock Holmesy mm. kind of girl with the dragon tattoo. And I, I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited for it. I think Christian Bale is going to absolutely slay that role um, as he plays the, the, te- the detective. So I'm excited to see what happens with that. I will definitely be watching it. And then finally, 65. Have y'all seen this trailer yet? I don't think so. Starring uh, Adam Driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I figured that might get it for you. Uh, This is basically Jurassic Park in reverse. So (laughs) we didn't bring the dinosaurs to our time. We went back to theirs. This is Adam Driver. is from like a, a space traveler from another planet. They make it look like it's super futuristic, you know, like Star what Wars. What a stupid esque. way of describing that plot. Line. That's exactly what it was. That is how that movie got pitched in Jurassic the meeting. That's, that's exactly how that meet that pitch meeting went. Someone was like, you know Jurassic <laughs> Park? And they were like, yeah. They're like, what if we flipped it? And they're like, what do you mean? They're like terrible. Yeah, so Adam Driver, a space traveler, crash lands on Earth in 65 million bc and nice the dinosaurs rule the earth and he's a space traveler with a gun and he's got to survive with this little kid that he finds that was also crash landed from his plane there were only four people in the cast list oh it's it it's them and dinosaurs what do you want this is gonna be jurassic park anyway this has been crawford's corner crawford's corner So thanks for tuning in for this episode of Now Streaming. Let us know what else we should be streaming. Uh, If you had any opinions on Violet Night, reach out to us on Twitter at ntpydpodcast or email us at ntpydpodcast at gmail.com. No one uses email. What are you talking about? Instagram at ntpydpodcast. All right, sure. Hit us up on IG, I guess. I don't know. Whatever the kids are into these days. Are we on TikTok? Are we on TikTok? God, I hope we're not on TikTok. Anyway, tell us what social media we should be on and how to get involved. <laughs> Just what I'm trying to say is love love me. Love me. Send us a note by pigeon. This is not the podcast you deserve. Raven mail. <laughs>